millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals including gold involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. This is where I think it's going to get really interesting. Who was the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency from 2012 to 2014? Welcome back once again, my friends, to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you're having a lovely day. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector. And in today's episode, I'm bringing you an incredible interview I did with a really amazing patriot, an incredible scholar, very intelligent guy by the name of Ivan Raiklin. Now, Ivan may be memorable to you if you're from Virginia. Back in 2018, he ran for Senate. But I remembered him from Twitter back in the day because he was such an amazing analyst. He's an intelligent community professional. He's been a lawyer for, oh God, uh, almost two decades now. And Ivan really knows his stuff. He's also notable because he believes that Mike Pence is not a good guy. We go into his theory in detail. And in the future, Ivan is going to be appearing on the show for a full two hours. And I'm in the process of arranging a roundtable between he, I, and John, aka Patel Patriot. I think it's going to be a great show. So please do me a favor, sit back, relax, and grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this okay let's start over okay (laughs) welcome back to day two of the moment of truth summit here in beautiful st louis missouri is it st louis or is it springfield springfield Springfield, it's my first time isn't that where the simpsons are from springfield springfield yes that's correct i don't i don't know that it's missouri but Springfield. Any, anyways, we're here with Ivan Deep State Marauder Raiklin, Ivan Penscard Raiklin. I used to follow this guy on Twitter. He does incredible work. I'm really excited that we're going to be able to spend some time together. He's telling me that I'm going to get deleted, but Ivan, I'll tell you what, I've already been deleted from every major social media platform, even Apple, where I currently publish. It was a bit of a, a, a hoop that I had to jump through to get back on there, and I recently got deleted from Google Podcasts. So, okay, it that, comes with the territory. Well, that's why I'm on your podcast because what I, I see that you're willing to put out the truth and I'm willing to provide some of the truth based on the research that I've been, put, been able to put together. So I'm glad to be here. Exciting. Let's, uh, yeah, let's get into it. All right. What do you, what do you want to start? Let's dive right in. So, uh, as I was asking you just before we began with this, this podcast here, uh, how did you get involved in political commentary investigations and marauding the deep state? Okay, I got to be careful what I say here. Uh, everything I'm saying right now is in my personal capacity, private citizen Ivan Raiklin, in uh, in my personal time, and in no way, shape, or form uh, does it have anything to do with any research or knowledge that I may have uh, 
uh, gotten over the course of a lifetime career and other things that I may or may not have been involved in. <laughs> uh, ipso facto, uh, deep uh, special operations and, and intelligence investigations. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. But I'm also a constitutional lawyer in addition to what you may have alluded to there. Okay, that's great. So over, over a 25-year career, what you may have alluded to. So very, 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 a varied set of experiences that come in extremely handy for trying to save America. Yeah, let's just say in the past I may or not may or may not have uh, done some countering of ISIS, Taliban, Russian aggression, MS-13 in Spanish, Arabic, French, and Russian. Hey, uh, that, well, that's excellent, and uh, like I said, it, it prepares you very well for what we're doing here right now. So when I used to follow you on Twitter, you know, you were a beast. You were calling things out. You were uh, dissecting uh, the machinations of the deep state. Uh, I, You know, I got deleted from Twitter November 4th of 2020, just, uh, well, actually, respect. maybe you November 3rd, really. <laughs> oh, that's respect. So that now I respect you more because you got deleted way before I did. Mine was with the with the – I actually purged Twitter myself – because I knew what was coming. So I put out a press release, and I think one of my last tweets on just January 7th, right after the illegally cert, cert, illegal certification on January 6th to 7th, I basically said, hey, good knowing you. I'll see you somewhere else. Right, right. <laughs> and then the following day, they nuked my account. <laughs> so were you also present uh, in D.C. on January 6th? I was there covering it as a journalist. So absolutely. I attended the rally at the Ellipse. Uh, I was able to get to VIP area there, and I listened to the speech, and it was great. And then uh, everything went to shit. I'm just trying to see where we need to start and kind of continue to to be able to explain things. Well, since we're on the, let, let's just focus in on the January 6th component okay. of this. Okay. I think this is where I think a lot of people have been focusing some efforts, and we're going to tie it into this raid because there's a lot to unravel here. This raid really go. As you listen to everything I speak about, you need to go under the framework of Mike Pence is is the deep state's candidate for 2024 to be able to be the president and continue to provide cover for the Uniparty for all of their transgressions going at least back to 2016, yes. July of 2016 to be exact, and actually all the way back to 1973 in some instances. And we can go as deep or as superficial on all of these as possible. I say humbly today here that I probably have the most in-depth research and knowledge of that ecosystem than any other investigative journalist in the country and in the world. And I'm tr like, I'm trying to say that in, in a humble way, seriously. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, it's a big statement, but I believe you because I've seen your work and I've seen what you've pieced together. So. I guess let's go back to uh, July of 2016. What are you specifically pointing to right there? Well, thank you for bringing that up. You just teed that up perfectly. I'm a professional. <laughs> I, I see. <laughs> July of 2016. And you're going to know a lot of this based on already the line of questioning. How you? Because this is our first time interacting. Sure. July of 2016, if you can recall. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll start with that. Who was foisted onto Donald J. Trump as the vice presidential yeah, Mike Pence. And why was that done in your estimation? Well, I mean, publicly, the idea that Donald Trump needed the evangelical vote, but Mike Pence also is there uh, to kind of maybe lead Donald Trump in the direction that the establishment wants him to go, kind of be a, a foil to uh, his over-the-top personality. 
uh, certainly advising him in the way that the establishment would like Donald Trump to act, perhaps providing um, insight on picks for his uh, cabinet and other people in the administration. Uh, And that is because why? He had a lifetime career in the U.S. House of Representatives from from 2001 to 2013. Yes. So 12 years he served on the U.S. House of Representatives. Ten of those 12 years he served on the House Judiciary Committee. Remember this, House Judiciary Committee. The House Judiciary Committee has responsibility to provide oversight over whom? The Department of Justice. At the time when he began his career in the House, the Department of Homeland Security did not exist yet. Guess what? Right after 9-11, when he served on the Judiciary Committee, Mike Pence did what? He says on one of his C-SPAN videos that I've actually gone through and seen, he claims that he was the co-author of the Patriot Act. I was not aware of that. Okay. (laughs) It's going to get a lot. Lot more interesting. It's going to continue to escalate depending on how much time you allow me. Sure, sure. So in 2002 three time frame, right when the DHS, uh, the discussions for creation of DHS and the expansion of the FISA, uh, the uh, the Patriot Act occurred. What are some of the components that that created? Well, I mean, it ex- you just said FISA court. It expanded the FISA court from seven justices or judges to eleven. To increase the number of people that, air quotes for those listening in, could legally, quote, unquote, spy on American citizens. Now, for I like to play in context. And I get it. I go into deep dive, and my content is not for the weak of heart of faux news and newsbacks and all the other 30-second sound bites. It requires a deeper discussion. So for context, the FISA... Well, in 1970, let me do this quickly. <laughs> okay. I like to you know, look at history yeah. to kind of see what is going to happen in the future. In, in the next minute, I'm going to give you the 150-year history. Okay. In the 1830s, the modern-day Democrat Party started. In the 1854, the modern-day Republicans started in, in Wisconsin, right? And then from there, they represented, over the last 170 years, basically, the 99.9% of the political power in the country, those two parties. Fast forward to 1908, when the Bureau of Investigation was created, the precursor to the FBI, and then a few years later, he had a director of the Bureau by the name of J. Edgar Hoover. Mm-hmm. He was in that role for 48 years. Yeah. Uh, one phrase comes to mind when you hear 48 years, a person in one position, it's called deep state much? Yeah. Absolutely. Or deep state a lot? Yeah. Deep state six times more than a president can be in power. Yes, yes. J. Edgar Hoover had an unprecedented level of power, and he used the FBI essentially as his own personal enforcement unit. Thank you, thanks. So a little bit of history there. So 48 years, a sitting senator is six years per term. Uh, president, four years, two terms, eight. A congressman, two years. So you can see how much leverage, power, accumulation of influence manipulation that you can garner in the role of the fbi director Mm -hmm. so 48 years later brings us into the 1970s right yes what happened in the late 60s uh by the fbi you can look this up publicly go and tell pro go and tell pro thank you you just teed that up perfectly what else happened let's think along the lines of assassinations political assassinations in the 60s who are the top three names that come to mind uh bobby kennedy jfk and martin luther king thank you malcolm x too just rolling off the tongue you just went you you went off me with the fourth one thank you thank you so this is such an easy interview because you already know this stuff and i'm glad that that's the case now let's move on to the 1970s in 1973 a junior senator from delaware took swore into office by the name of 
Joseph Robinette Biden. Actually, I think it's pronounced Jiden, and I think his current role is the uh, Chinese ambassador to the United States who's currently squatting in the White House. I, absolutely, yes. Right, so in 1973, who was the president and what was the dynamic then? If you look back, a couple of interviews, I think Clay Clark just did one. He contextualized uh, yesterday with General Flynn on the X-22 podcast. 1971 seems to be a pivotal year on some of this Chinese influence operations within the United States. Did you? Absolutely. Nixon essentially opened the door for China. Okay, let's, perfect. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Let's slow down. We just did 160, 70 years. Now let's slow a little bit down for two minutes, okay. and then we're going to talk about the 70s. So 73, your, your guy, uh, Jiden, becomes a senator mm-hmm. from Delaware. In 1978, amidst all of the, the political spying assassinations, right, America kind of got a little perturbed. Why is the FBI spying on political opponents? Yes. We want to set some parameters and limitations to that. So what do we do? We create the FISA court. We, you know, as, as a Congress, right? Yeah. And who is behind setting up and creating a, a, a legislation related to limitations on the FBI, the Department of Justice, the FISA court? How about the Judiciary Committee of the Senate and the House? Wouldn't you think that would be? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah it is. It is the committee. <laughs> Those are the committees. Now, let's move forward. 1978, the FISA Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is passed, creating the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. We'll call it FISA for short and FISC for short for the uh, court. At that moment, seven justices, or excuse me, judges uh, were allowed on the court to be able to give issue warrants when the FBI approached and said, hey, we need to spy on this domestic terrorist uh, parent, right, Mm -hmm. that you get where I'm getting at, right? I mean, I'm I'm kind of like going to a little bit extreme here, but uh, back in the day, uh, that's essentially the mechanism that they had to go through is to present to the FISA court judge to get a warrant to be able to legally spy on an American citizen that they alleged was working with a foreign power. You can see how easily they can... Uh, extend that power and become corrupt and absolutely corrupt because tell me this is there a mechanism in place in order to go after someone that goes beyond the power and falsifies etc a warrant a request for a warrant and is there a some sort of consequence for a judge that approves something that doesn't meet the threshold of probable cause or reasonable suspicion I don't actually know of it because I've never seen it happen. Uh, it's kind of hard because the actual the whole proceeding is done ex parte, meaning that the the, the, the victim, if you will, or the defendant or the uh, alleged perpetrator that they're trying to spy on, they're not informed. They're not informed. They're not part of the process, and it's it's by nature a classified mechanism. Now, yeah, I agree that there should be circumstances where that is the case if it's a national threat. And a, secure, and a security concern, right? Not a security threat. Sure. Uh, but let's take a look. The seven just judges that were appointed initially were done so in the statute, in the FISC. It says that there's one person that appoints those judges. There's only one person. Who do you think that would be? Oh, gosh. Um, if you don't know. I don't know, so you have to help. If you were to guess, who would you think would be somebody legitimate to appoint a FISA judge? Um, well, if it's, I was going to say maybe the Supreme Court uh, appointed them, uh, but if it's one person, perhaps it would be someone from the Judiciary Committee? Maybe the president? Okay, that's good. FBI director? So, I mean, I like how you're throwing out some ideas there. I mean, I would think the same thing without knowing the statute, right? Yeah. Well, when you look at the statute in and of itself, it rests sole power to the 
Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. Now, let's contextualize that. So, if you're the Supreme Court, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, and the rules say that you, you can only appoint sitting federal judges to the FISA court as an additional duty, that means how are federal judges appointed? By the president, right? Right. And confirmed by the Senate. Yes. So, it's very important to know who the president at the time was that appointed and who the chairman of the Judiciary Committee was mm-hmm. and the Senate Majority Leader. Because those are the three main players in determining whether or not you're going to be a sitting judge. And then, on top of that, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court to then become the FISA, a FISA court judge. So... If you agree with me in the assumption that those four people probably have a good relationship or there's some loyalties back and forth between the person appointed and confirmed to be a judge and then a FISA court judge, would you agree with that? Absolutely. The historical relationships between those people would be very relevant to the uh, events that we've seen playing out. Now, do you think I probably did a deep dive on each of these relationships? I would imagine so. Yeah, so let's (laughs) just jump in and see how that works out. Do it. And then how it applies to our little spying on Trump and how it applies to the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, break it down. You're going to get canceled after you hear this. (laughs) Actually, Media Matters has written like 20 articles about me, so, you know, I'm already out there. I'm not worried about it. Let's just expose the corruption. All right. So this is the research that I've done. Yep. I'll, I'll break it down where my assessment is okay. and where just what the research and the facts show. So I'm just going to continue with some research and facts and connections. Okay. So in 1978, when the FISA court was first created, the, the first chief justice under this framework was who? Oh, gosh. Uh, chief Justice Warren. Warren. Okay. okay. And who, appoint, who, was, who appointed him? It was Nixon. Yes. Now, I get it. 78, Carter was the president, but I'm saying like when Warren was appointed, it was Nixon before that. Mm -hmm. Nixon was what party? Oh, he's a Republican. Okay. Let's see that. Okay. It's not a trend yet, right? One is not a trend. It's just whatever. First first instance. Now let's move on. Uh, Keep in mind that in order, the the judges rotate in the appointments. So every two years, a new kind of slate, one or two are are appointed. So it's a staggered. You don't just appoint all of them at once, except for the initial phase, you know, when it was created. So let's move on to after Warren, the next Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court was Chief Justice William Rehnquist. Yes. And William Rehnquist was appointed by none other than Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. Now, if you, here's a little bit of analysis I wanted for you to come with. I should say an assumption that I think most people agree with. Uh, would you assume with me that Ronald Reagan was not really a deep stater because he was an actor in California, right? And then after that, he became governor of California. I get it. He probably created some relationship you know, in the California, but like, how, how deep was he in the D.C. swamp, if you will? I think he was uh, as close to being as far away from the swamp as you could possibly be along with President Trump because he was an outsider, and I think that if Ronald Reagan was part of the deep state, they wouldn't have tried to assassinate him almost as soon as he came into office. So what do you think? Uh, who was his vice president? Oh, George H.W. Bush, uh, former CIA director. You see where this is going to go? Yes, yes. Yeah, I think you know where this is going to go. So let's move on with that, yep. since you know where this is going to go. And it sounds like your, your listeners are probably just as uh, astute as you are. Yes, they're, they're all very attuned. <laughs> Which I appreciate. And so, because like most society is not ready for it. It's like audiences like yours that are. So it's, it's get, taking it to the next step, right? Mm-hmm. To connect the dots. So William Rehnquist, appointed by Reagan... 
Let's do a deep dive. Like, okay, do you think that the vice president, the caretaker, the caretaker of the Uniparty, former director of the CIA, now vice president, you think that he probably had a role in, in advising on who that chief justice should be? Absolutely. Okay. Right. Right. Absolutely. And as the director of the CIA, right, like he probably knows a little bit about the FISA court and that process too. Mm-hmm. It would be a strong assumption, right? Yes. Very, very Way easy. more than strong. <laughs> right there. <laughs> like the strongest. Yeah. <laughs> and so, okay. Pence much? You see where we're getting there? All right. So, what, what, you know, as, as, uh, George H.W. Bush was to Reagan, I'm going to lead you through into kind of seeing how I see it. Mike Pence was the same thing to Donald J. Trump. Sure. Let's get there. I can see it. So William Rehnquist, he passes, and then in 2005, a new chief justice is appointed. Oh, by the way, Rehnquist, Ronald Reagan, what party? Ronald Reagan, Republican. Right? Get it? So that's two. Yeah. Usually three is a trend, right? But whatever. So two. Next up, we have 2005, who was appointed. Uh, uh, the current chief justice. Yeah. Oh, oh, John Roberts. John Roberts yeah. by George George W. Bush. We're, and who was his vice president? Uh, oh God, uh, Dick Cheney, the dark side uh, <laughs> overlord himself. You see how I'm going to introduce that last name into what was yeah. what is going on currently? Yep. Yep. I think you're already probably ahead of me, but we have to step through it. We'll go through it. You know where I'm going. Time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so remember that name, Cheney. Yeah, absolutely. So Chief Justice John Roberts. Remember. He is now the one to appoint who is on the FISA court. Mm-hmm. The ultimate authority on who allows the FBI for them to spy on. That's pretty big power, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Un- unprecedented, I would say. All right. So what does that look like? If there are seven judges for the first two chief justices for the appointments, now our new newly minted Chief Justice John Roberts is the first chief justice in the history of the FISA court to be in a position if he's if based on his duration to be able to appoint all 11 because remember in the Patriot Act which was co-authored by Mike Pence yes under Bush Cheney Mm -hmm. to expand that FISA court from 7 to 11 by 2012 Chief Justice John Roberts had appointed every single one of the 11 FISA court judges. That's deep, Ivan. Let me pause there because I want you to now tell me what what that does to you in terms of analysis. And what do you think is possible under that construct? What is within the realm of possible? I mean, absolute control over the machinations of the United States. I mean, if you have the power to spy on whoever you want, you can get whatever information is lurking beneath the surface. You can control through blackmail virtually every person in a position of power to ensure that your uh, agenda is implemented. Uh, And if you need to destroy somebody like, say, a president of the United States that doesn't want to go along with the deep state action and wants to completely gut those uh, corrupt elements from the United States government, you can make sure that that is unable to take place. I couldn't have said it more eloquently. (laughs) Now, let's hearken back to J. Edgar Hoover of 48 years. Yes, drag queen. Yes, I love you. You know the deal. So, by 2012, he was the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court for only seven years. Mm -hmm. Let's bring into the the conversation, uh, somebody we mentioned already, 
We talked about J. Edgar for 48 years. By 2012, we mentioned Joseph Zidon. Mm-hmm. 73, he was brought into this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Which committees would you guess, based on what I'm saying, Zidon served on and later became the chairman of? Probably judiciary. Man, you're good. <laughs> yep. So uh, now, now that with that data point, mm-hmm. please tell me your anal- your analysis on this. I think I think that these people play the long game. Obviously, you know, a lot of people talk about a like a, a, a grand overarching plan that the good guys might be trying to engage in to wrestle power away from the deep state. But at the same time, whatever might exist on our side. Uh, it also exists on their side, and they have been looking to ensure their hegemonic control of the United States from now until eternity in perpetuity. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, so let's keep moving. So we talked about 2012. The totality of the FISA court. It, let's go back real quick as a data point. And I think you're, based, you're probably going to pick up on this based on what I'm hearing so far. <laughs> in 2005... Within four months, five months, May and September, so you had uh, Chief Justice John Roberts appointed. The Assistant U.S. Attorney for Maryland was appointed. Yes, yes, Rod. Rod, <laughs> go ahead. Give him his, give us his full name. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein. Yeah. yeah I knew. I, I just felt that you probably done the research on oh, yeah. this, and yes, so I definitely. What does that mean to you? The person appointing U.S. attorneys is the president. Yep, and they go have to go through what process? The judiciary. Yes, right. Let's hit, let's hash that again. The judiciary committee of the Senate, the majority leader of the Senate, the vice president at the time, Dick Cheney, probably has also a role in trying to make sure that their guy is in there. Right. Right. So in the collective, especially if you have a president that's like doesn't really have a network or care who's going to be you know on the bench yep. right so what do we know about Rod Rosenstein oh man i mean he was involved in all kinds of nasty stuff in maryland uh and obviously he was deeply involved in spygate too okay that's what that's what we're getting to <laughs> yeah. so rod rosenstein appointed by the same president the same same system within 5 months of chief justice roberts being appointed it, a loose, I would say a weak assumption would be that there's a relationship there. Absolutely. Possibly. Some of the assumptions that we made are like definitely strong. This one is, uh, I would agree that it's a weaker assumption, but just go along with me. Even if you don't agree that there was any relationship, uh, let's keep moving forward and see how the connections happen. So we move forward to 2012, 2013, 2014. Wait a second. Mike Pence served from 2001 to 2013. Then he became governor of Indiana. Yes. Keep in mind that Speaker Paul Ryan, new name just dropped during this interview, was in Congress as well during the entire time that Mike Pence was. Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, there's 435 Muldoons in there, right? Uh, they may know each other, may not. And then if they're in the same party, okay, they probably know each other a little bit better. And if you happen to be in the, uh, leadership position, I get it, right? Mm -hmm. But they know each other. I would, I would assume so, yes. Okay. So 2000, now, this is where I think it's going to get really interesting. Who 
was the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency from 2012 to 2014. The director of the Defense Intelligence Agency is a gentleman by the name of uh, General Flynn. Yep. I'm kind of like trying to line you up here. In 2014, on C-SPAN, during his testimony, the annual threat assessment, uh, he basically talks about some things. Remember uh, Obama says that ISIS is a JV team and nothing to see here. But yet, when you look at the publicly facing mission statement of the Defense Intelligence Agency, uh, is what? In defense of the nation, right? Absolutely. So you want somebody that speaks truth to power, right? And to the American public, obviously within the parameters of the law. And if there's a threat, you need to identify it and then talk about it as one of the threats. You would think that's what they would want you to do, but Mike Flynn did that, and they essentially skewered him. Thank you. You said it. I didn't. And that's exactly what happened. So when you speak truth to power amidst the political leaders saying, no, it's uh, nothing to see here. ISIS is not a threat. Um, JV team, they're pulled out of Iraq, and now, like, uh, it's not really looking good. What happens? Well, I mean, they go after you. I mean, obviously, if you're not going to play ball, then they're going to replace you with somebody who is going to go along with their agenda. And let's take a look. When was he uh, resigned? About August of 2014, let's just say. Let's look at 2014 in a little bit of detail. I know we're going to go back to July of 2016, but I think this is the this is necessary context, and this is all going to add to it. Every name that I've mentioned so far, I'm adding the dominoes to kind of put it all into one, one frame for later on. 2014, I don't know, March to June time frame, what was going on in Ukraine right after the Olympics in Sochi? Oh, the the, the color revolution. I, I mean, they were uh, replacing the current government with one that was more sympathetic to the needs of the, the deep state, CIA, State Department. Victoria Newland all over the line. Man, you're good. Yeah, there we go. Yep. There we go. Perfect. You're dropping the right names as well. Mm-hmm. I like the sound of this. Yes. So with that, if you take a look at the... Washington, D.C.'s main disinformation purveyor, I think they pronounce it the compost. If you look at some of their reporting from, oh, I don't know, April of 2014, and in there you can kind of see. Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. 
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting mode, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. See in the public press that on Brennan... Cover of darkness. Actually, this this would be in Russian media. They expose that John Brennan is under the cover of darkness going to Ukraine. And a couple weeks later, who else comes out there? Uh, I don't know on this one. You're Failed good. Vice President Eden. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He went there and uh, had him fire uh, poor, the uh, the prosecutor uh, because he was looking into Hunter Biden. Yes. Billion dollars in aid. Otherwise, you know, there's a little bit more to that. OK, so when he goes out there, you can see there that he's acting as though the head of the cabinet, because there's a meeting of the Ukrainian cabinet and Joseph failed Vice President Joseph Sheedon as appointed by uh, failed uh, President uh, name Hussein. Yes. Barry Soatoro. Yeah, I'm not familiar. I think I know his, one of his names is Hussein. Yes. So he's in there appointing Jeden as the point man, mm. failed Vice President Jeden. And then he basically goes out there, heads up the cabinet. Brennan teed that up for him. And then in his conversations with good old, what's his name? Petro Poroshenko. Pe- Petro Poroshenko. If I'm not mistaken. Yep. And uh, what conversations do they have? And this is according to the, the compost, right, that I was talking about. They basically say that uh, he is going to present, uh, he's going to help develop the economy of Ukraine, meaning Jiden, and he's going to do it and propose unconventional ways in order to improve their natural, uh, re- natural gas uh, industry, right, mm-hmm. and natural resources industry. And the way he proposed to do that was exposed two weeks later 
um, again, in the compost reported, you can, you can look in there. And his thought behind the unconventional development of their natural gas sector was to place uh, somebody that just spent one month after being commissioned in the U.S. Naval Reserves, spent one month, oh, by the way, that this individual got into the Naval Reserves under two waivers, one for an age waiver by his dad and one for a drug use a waiver by his dad while being sworn in in the Rose Garden. And his dad happened to be uh, the failed vice president, Jeden. After he joined the Naval Reserves for a month, meaning he attended one drill and they did a drug test on this individual, he, what we call, well, what others call, I should say, urinated hot. I'm gonna keep Is that clean. what they call it? I'm going to keep that clean. Oh. The other term may start with the letter P. Yes, yes. <laughs> The one before the letter Q. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, right? Yep. So he urinated hot. And what does that mean? Yeah, sayonara, pal. And now that you have that body of experience of having served for one weekend in the U.S. Naval Reserves, you are now going to be elevated as sitting on the board of Burisma mm -hmm. as promulgating the failed Vice President Jeden's policy that he just agreed with to with Petro Poroshenko to advocate for the development of natural gas and oil. Natural gas and oil for the development. So that what? According to Bobolinsky, so that ten percent could go where? Straight up to Jeden. Yeah. Also the big guy. As, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, let me just, I want to make sure we fleshed that. Yeah, okay. that, I think that pretty much covers that aspect of, I think, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I may or may not have also have other stuff, but can't share that. Well, maybe perhaps in the future stuff. we can talk about that on another show. I only talk about the public stuff yeah. that I can legally under the, my First Amendment and my private capacity based research yeah. I've done in my private capacity. Okay. Right? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I understand. Don't want you breaking any oaths here. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's kind of the context of what Hunter Biden was in back there. Oh, no, by the way, the experience he developed in order to be very effective to sit on that board, other than that one drill weekend that he participated in, uh, based on him urinating hot, we can kind of extrapolate and say he had a very strong olfactory sense in being, you know, from his time of sniffing cocaine, right. as well as smoking crack, I would guess, I mean, my, my assumption would be, Based on those nasal olfactory senses, he could probably sniff out oil fields better than any other human being on the planet. If I'm not mistaken, I think that there is a, a, a petrochemical aspect to the processing of cocaine. I think that gasoline comes into it. So he would probably, you're right, be able to sniff out those oil fields. And again, I'm not an expert in this. I'm just, this, this again, that's not fact. I'm just giving a little bit of commentary and assessment, and, and that's what I'm thinking. I, I think mean, most people would be, probably agree with that. And certainly, it's not that he was experienced working for any natural gas companies or even any energy companies. I mean, he just kind of walked right into it. Luckily, he was the son of the vice president, and he wasn't in rehab at the time. Yeah, and I mean, that, that's only coincidental, right? I'm sure, like, there's no sar sarcasm here at all, obviously, right? No nepotism here in the United None States. Whatsoever. There's no such thing as American royalty. Absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> so, now that your listeners kind of probably already knew a lot of this, mm -hmm. but does it give a little bit 
a little bit more detail? Yes, there's a lot of context, and I think seeing that 30,000-foot view over a course of, you know, 40 or 50 years, it, it certainly helps. Now, people sometimes forget how long this fight has been going on. Absolutely, absolutely. So, that brings us into 2014, and then as General Flynn is resigned by O'Biden, 2015, from what I've seen in reports, there's a meeting between General Flynn, this is after, you know, he becomes a private citizen now, uh, retired. And I saw some reporting that said that he had a meeting with Donald J. Trump at Trump Tower in New York. And in that, basically General Flynn talks to President or talks to talks to private citizen Donald Trump. Candidate Trump. No, no. They're not even candidate. He hadn't walked down the escalator yet. Are you in Florida? Yeah, so this is about that time, right? He's like yeah. Are you serious about Ron? General Flynn asks him. Are you serious about running for uh, president? Because I'm a pretty serious guy. If you're serious, I'll help you out. Flynn knew where the bodies were buried. What is that? Metaphorically. <laughs> you're getting ahead of me. I like this. No, no, I, I want you to because I like this. This is interactive. It's funner this way. So, as the former director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, basically committing to supporting a candidate that is not leveraged by, nor has any leverage over, a little bit, either of the 99.9% of the political power in this country, is that problematic for both of those parties? Oh yeah, that's a major problem, because he came in not as a politician, somebody who truly was going to do what he said, and he did. He was not controlled by anybody, and that's why I loved Donald Trump from the moment he walked down that escalator. I was so sick of American politics. If you're one or both of those political parties, and there's an increased level of support for Trump, do you want to set the framework to create leverage over him? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if... It, it, Trump was an inevitability. So ensuring that there was somebody there with his hand on his shoulder, i.e. Mike Pence, I, I can see how that would be so perfect for them. Who's interviewing whom? Or is this is this called the Socratic method? <laughs> this is the Socratic method, yes, yes. <laughs> As an attorney having gone through law school, right? I think it's the best way to learn, right? Because you, you, I think you know 99.9% of it. I just happen to be one of the few people probably that just kind of did the little bit of work to connect it. Yep. Now, let's move on. 2015. So at the time when General Flynn approaches Donald A. Trump, who in his network understands the machine in Washington, D.C.? Oh, Roger Stone? Uh, Are you talking about General Flynn's network or Donald Trump's network? Donald Trump's network. Oh, I mean, I would say Roger Stone. Uh, I don't know where he was at with Bannon at that time, but certainly Bannon would as well. Not yet, but that's later. Absolutely. Yeah, you're on it. So I need to talk to... Steve about this someday, <laughs> one time on his show for like a long form. Oh I've always wanted to interview Steve Ben. It's going <laughs> to be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have stuff to help this case out, but we'll see. Oh, right on. Um, so you name those names perfectly. So of any prominent figures out there that have a name ID that have some you know qualities behind them and substance and credibility, General Flynn, I argue, was the very first person in Trump world that candidacy of any consequence 
that understand, understood the machine that came out to support him. I absolutely agree, and that's why they took Flynn out as soon as they were able to. Full stop. Yeah. So, 2015, the candidacy happens. 2016, uh, Donald at that point, candidate Donald J. Trump is out there, and he's he's crushing the opposition. There are 17 candidates. However, you have to look at the converse of this. People look at, yes, he's crushing everybody. He's in the center of the stage. But let's look at the let's look at the reverse of the numbers. How many people were voting for Trump in those primaries? Oh, I, I actually don't know the uh, the actual numbers. It was in the 30, 35 percentile range. Okay. While that is a massive win against all of the rest of them, what percentage are not voting for him? I mean, that would be like you know seventy percent of the country, sixty-five, seventy percent of the Republican base. So when you look at it that way, which a lot of people don't, like when you ask questions, it should be like, when somebody asks you something, you should immediately in your mind think of what is the opposite of that to kind of change and mitigate the bias of the initial question. So when you flip it and say 65 to 70% of the Republican base did not approve of Donald J. Trump, that's somewhat problematic. That puts you in a weak position, right? Certainly. And that puts the party in a position of strength and leverage if they can coalesce that the anti-Trump vote or the, I shouldn't say anti, but like the non-Trump vote. Sure. That's probably more broad in, in it because that one of the components of the non-Trump vote is the anti-Trump. There's, you know, people that are like, like a Venn second. yeah, exactly. So going into July, the convention, and then determining who your vice presidential pick is. How much leverage does Donald J. Trump really have on who the vice president will be? Uh, I would think that he wouldn't have all that much at all. I mean, the party is going to tell him, you know, if you want us to support you, if you want to ensure that you get the support of the majority of the Republican Party, then you're going to go with who we tell you, which is I.E. Mike Pence. That is exactly my assessment as well. Full stop. Because guess what? Who's on your short list if you're uh, if you're Donald J. Trump and you're about loyalty? Who would you want as your right hand as the vice president? Really, uh, I have I have no idea. I mean, I, who would realistically have been uh, a pick for him as vice president? Who do you think would have been vice president if he could have chosen? I mean, I would love to see uh, General Flynn uh, as a vice president, but I mean, I think that he was going to do good things where he they had him placed. But I don't know. Who do you think? I, I paused on purpose to yeah. let you kind of flesh that out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I'm glad it went that way. Okay, because y- you went where I think most people would go. Yeah, is that based on what I've already kind of teed up? It was leading a little bit. I, it was publicly out there that I think General Flynn was on the short list. Okay, but if you're Donald A. Trump, you're you're doing the you're doing the math, you're doing the calculations. What just happened, General Flynn? Appointed by Obama twice. Oh yeah, in senior positions. People still talk about the optics of that as you if think, it's an argument against him. You think that there's nothing to hide? Yeah. It happened. Mm-hmm. There's no, like, oh, trying to... It happened. Let me contextualize those appointments. General Flynn was the senior intelligence officer for an organization... Uh, Let's just say he has served in position. I got I to make sure that I do it this, this the right way mm-hmm. and be as genuine as, as I can, right? Uh, and still be kosher. 
<laughs> he served in the most selective organization as an intelligence officer in the entire planet of all militaries. Okay. You don't get to be in that position without having been the top performer in your profession, not just one year, not just a few years before that position, every single day of your military career. Absolutely. You have to have been the top performer. About experience, ability, and knowledge. And in addition to that, you have had to gotten along with those that selected you. Like, first you have to meet that threshold of performance, and then obviously. So he was very well respected. It's not a political position. Like, Obama didn't choose him because he, of who he had been voting for. No, those were on merit. Yes. All of his military positions before those two appointments were based on merit. And then the deputy director of national intelligence, he was appointed by Obama, and then subsequently the director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. So, yeah, got it. Was he appointed by Obama? Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, great, got it. But before that, like, he... He earned it. So this is something that I think no people. President. Yeah, that's the thing. This is what people forget. People choose from. That's my point. Yes, you know, I mean, like of the you're highest pulling caliber. from a very small pool. Okay, you know, General Flynn just happened to be the cream of the crop. Yes, in t- 2010. A little, a little aside. For those, you have most of your listeners are deep researchers. Yes, they are. Okay, good. A small aside. If you haven't read it already, in 2010, if you can link this, maybe. Sure. Uh, an organization called CNAS, Center for National for some American something studies. I can't remember the name right now. Uh, General Flynn, when he was the senior intelligence officer uh, in Afghanistan, him and his uh, uh, let's just say another Marine Corps captain. I think it was uh, Matt Pottinger. Okay, you that name. I have heard that name before wrote an article. And in that article, it basically called out the intelligence community's failures in Afghanistan, where it was, uh, you know, year in and year out, and basically calling out himself and the organization in a public forum. And oddly enough, he survived that, right? Right. I I have heard, I am familiar with it. That was one of the first major public manifestations of his desire to speak truth to power at personal expense. Sure. And then later we saw that again in 2014 during that testimony at personal expense, which caused him to be resigned, right? Mm-hmm. Of calling out him truth to power. So anyhow, he gets resigned. 2015, we're on a 2015, 2016, we talked about the convention. And so if you're Donald J. Trump and the Republican Party doesn't trust you because you've been appointed by Obama twice, which makes sense, right? And what do the Democrats think in the Obama wing of, of things about General Flynn? Oh, they, they hated him. Uh, I mean, he he could have literally brought down the entirety of the deep state operation. I mean, based upon the knowledge that he had, the experience, uh, you know, and everything that he wanted to expose from his own public statements. Was he director of the DIA when the Ukraine crisis thing was going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he could have totally blown the, the lid off of that as well. No comment. Yeah. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> you can extrapolate what you want off of that one. Oh, absolutely, I will. 
Okay. More to follow on that one. Stay tuned. Oh, I, I, will. I will talk about it, but we'll see. I, 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 I yeah. The, I've been following the Ukraine thing since 2014. You know, so this is it's interesting watching all of it culminate now. All right, so let's move on to. Uh, uh, yeah. So in that frame, does General Flynn have any political base and support in either party? No, doesn't seem so. And then, by extension, then the next question is what value would he bring as a vice president to help secure a nomination or not the general election oh i I think that he would probably be extremely popular based upon his military service and i'm sure that the entirety of the u.s armed forces would then vote for donald trump just based upon that but as a vice presidential pick where you need to bring in other oh it it, it, it wouldn't help the rnc yeah yeah that that would be a, a a problem i'm just adding in like, I'm beating a dead horse of what you originally said, that yeah. absolutely. The RNC in this instance has leverage, even though I, based on what I was reading mm-hmm. uh, publicly and seeing in some video and uh, interviews, General Flynn may have been a top pick for President Trump, but it was untenable. and He had to go with the RNC would present to him. And who was that and why was that? Let's deep dive into that. So, yeah, Mike Pence, because he's controlled. Mike Pence, we talked about, right? Do you think that the speaker, the Republican Speaker of the House, probably wants to give some advice to the nominee on who that vice president should be? Yes, absolutely. And, and that the, was who? That was Paul Ryan. Yeah, exactly. And you think that the chairman of the Republican National Committee would also provide some advice to the uh, the nominee for their party on who that should be? Absolutely. And that was? Uh, I don't remember who was the chairman of the RNC. Yeah, Reince Priebus. Reince Priebus, that's right. He ended up becoming chief of staff. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> Reince Priebus. Now, Reince Priebus is from what state? Oh, I don't know. Wisconsin. Oh, as as well as Paul Ryan. Yes. Yes, yes. And, Bro- brothers in arms here. And where did Reince Priebus go to college? Uh, I don't know in that one either. Whitewater College. Whitewater College, okay. Now, who else went to Whitewater? Uh, are you going to say uh, Paul Ryan? His, Paul Ryan's chief of staff. Okay, okay. I don't know who and that who was. Who was the third roommate? Uh, I don't know. Paul Ryan? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I don't know. Robin Voss. Robin Voss. Oh, God, that's a big name now. Tell okay. me who that is. Yeah, he's the uh, uh, Speaker of the House in, like, Wisconsin or something like that. Yeah, Robin Voss uh, single-handedly standing in the way of any election integrity efforts taking place in Wisconsin. Yeah. Are the synapses firing on all cin- yeah. cylinders right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And understanding why he did everything in his power to delay, cajole, and not do anything about remedying 2020? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Whitewater Mafia that I just laid out, it's out there. And while Wisconsin knows it, the national, uh, our movement nationally needs to understand we get it. like a lot of people are like, oh, deep state, deep state. No, no. We need to go to the next layer and identify name, location, and time of every individual actor so that we can start applying the necessary pressure to remove them I, one by one. I absolutely agree. And I think that one thing that people fail to recognize quite often, they think about the deep state as this like monolithic 
single-celled entity. But we're talking about compartmentalization in the same way that we have in the intelligence and military fields. And, you know, I mean, there are cells throughout the country, and each group is going to have their own personalized interests uh, with the overarching interests of maintaining control and, you know, perhaps uh, global criminal cabal activities. And here's where he gets it today. Okay. July of 2016, Pence is foisted on Donald J. Trump as the vice president Mm -hmm. because those three names that I mentioned have, oh, by the way, the Speaker of the House in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. the chair of the national uh, state legislatures. The president of the national state legislators, mm-hmm. the 7,000 legislators in all different states. Okay. Robin Voss. Robin Voss. President of Okay, wow. Entity. You see how the power factor set? Yeah, there's all the Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I know. I had no idea. Oh, it's so coincidental. <laughs> it's totally coincidence that they happen to go to college together. Wow. <laughs> all right, so let's keep going. What happens after two weeks after Pence becomes the vice presidential nominee? Mm, I don't know. Crossfire, crossfire Hurricane. And Crossfire Razor. Crossfire Razor. There's a Remind number of crossfires. what those are. Oh, I mean, those were the uh, the in, in the uh, investigations into President Trump and General Flynn. Close. Yeah. Uh, it's called the illegal spying on the Trump campaign. Yes, yes. And the illegal spying on the biggest threat to the Uniparty, mm-hmm. a gentleman by the name of General Michael Flynn. Yes. Now, what were the vectors of attack? Uh, well, I mean, facilitate that. How did they create the frame? Let's go back to the FISA stuff we were just talking to. Okay. Talking about. All right. Tell so, me. So, so you, how do you think it happened? I'll tell you probably that's what happened or not. Well, they created fake. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. They created false pretenses. Uh, took it to the FISA court and then used the FBI to essentially set them up and uh, and, and spy on them and use that as an uh, effort to get them out of the way. You notice how now that enough people have identified that there was something going on there. They have to create some sort of story that we're going to believe, right? Mm-hmm. So we all know that the Hillary Clinton campaign did what? Created what? what Created the dossier and, and uh, hired Christopher Steele and uh, Fusion GPS. Fed that information over to which organization? Uh, well, they the, fed it to uh, the Ors. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They used to, uh, or, uh, Bruce and Nellie Orr. Uh, they also fed it over to John McCain and uh, his buddies and then also to BuzzFeed. Uh, it sem- disseminated it throughout Washington, D.C., and then uh, Washington Post, a whole bunch of other fake news outlets. And who was the reporter from the uh, the the feed thing you just talked about? Was it Allie Watkins? Allie Watkins, yeah. Wasn't she also sleeping with, like, the sergeant at arms or something like that? With the chief security officer of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence? Yes, yes, yes. Dude, we can go deep now that I know you've done the research for this. I'm going to take you to the next level. Okay, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. So, do you think the FBI... Remember we talked about the FISA court? Probably... Here's my assumption. If you're a FISA court judge, you have dual loyalties. Again, this is an assumption. Mm-hmm. One is to the president that appointed you, yes. and right, the judiciary chair and the, 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 the ecosystem that appointed you initially right. on the federal bench, and two, the chief justice that appointed you to the FISA court. Absolutely. I would say that's a fairly safe so assumption. At this point, Chief Justice Roberts, all of them, and Bush, Obama, Bush, for all of them. Yes. Okay? Now let's take a look at the FBI, whose team, FBI and the DOJ, that's teeing up 
the request to spy on someone. What does that consist of? Like, who are the uh, players involved? I mean, James Comey. Um, Republican or Democrat? Oh, well, I mean, it's Republican and Democrat. But, I, I mean, I, I guess it depends on which aspect you're specifically pointing to. Let's take a look at his FEC report, right? Federal Election Commission. Yeah. What do we see? With James Comey? Oh, I don't know. You have to tell me. Well, who he was appointed by, right? Oh, he was appointed by Barack Obama. Okay, and then? Yes. And then also Donald Trump. He stayed on with Donald Trump. Well, what about... uh? What about uh, Rod Rosenstein, who was the deputy attorney general? Uh, he, he was appointed under Obama as well, wasn't he? Well, well let's go back. Wasn't he appointed as a, a U.S. attorney for, well, by, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. <laughs> was Wait, I forgot to mention that. Uh, didn't Scaramucci, remember him? Anthony Scaramucci, yes. Didn't, wasn't he a law school student mates with Rod Rosenstein? I was I wasn't aware of that one actually. Yeah. And if I did, then I forgot it. You didn't. You didn't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can almost guarantee that. Okay. <laughs> That's very hard to find out. Wow. Okay. So what? Do they they graduate at the same time, or are they just like in school at the same law school? I think I don't know for sure if they graduate at the same time. I just know well at least the same alma mater. One very credible source that told me that yes. Okay. He was he was with. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll have to verify that, but I, I I didn't need to verify it because of the circumstances of the information, how it was given to me, and the the source. Okay. So I'm like, uh, it's it's pretty solid. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Very solid. Okay. It could be wrong, but like it was so solid, like I don't need it. I don't need to check it. Okay. Like I'm pretty comfortable with that. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so. Rosenstein. Let's go down the list. James Comey. McCabe. Okay. Right? The yeah. list goes on. So who's the final signature authority for doing a FISA? If you look at the Woods procedure and this and that, uh, based on the IG reports that have been published since then, that we now know how this a lot of this process works, Horowitz, right? Yes. And this IG reports and all that. It turns out that the Deputy Attorney General is the one that signs off on the FISA. Which was Rod Rosenstein. So if you're my, if you're the judge, mm-hmm. I'm tempted to say the names of these judges, but oh, yeah. it's better not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I know about Rudy Contreras. Uh, you. You, said it. <laughs> okay. you said it. I didn't. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. I've said his name hundreds of times okay. on the show, so no worries. Um. So. Bye. FBI comes to my house tomorrow. Judge. <laughs> Yep. Judge, Judge Rudy Contreras. My name is Rod Rosenstein. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. Pleasure, Rod. Always. We had a great party last weekend. <laughs> I loved it. Thanks for hosting us again. Absolutely. Um, but family's good. Give it to, okay, good. Yep. I got another FISA. Take a look. Who's oh. it for? Oh, uh, it's nothing significant. Carter Page. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what's the pre- what's the precedence for it? <laughs> um. Do they even ask? I I, 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 just, I don't know how the I mean, process goes. It's good. I mean, okay. look at the fast stack of papers. All right. You don't so, need to read through this. Mu- must be good. I got a lot of other cases to work on this week in a totally different court, so we'll rubber stamp it. Okay. Do what you need to do. Oh, wait. Or it could have went something like, wait, Carter Page? Who's that? Oh, that's of no consequence. Yeah. Sign. Or it could have been Carter Page? Isn't he on the Trump campaign? Oh, heck yeah, sign. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Now, I got to give them credit that they used 
vectors of attack that are have plausible deniability, right? Mm -hmm. Or plausible justification. Carter Page, in his private capacity, was a, you know he did oil deals with Russia. Yep. Did work for the CIA. Thank you. Yes. You teed that up for me. And he was an informant to the CIA about those deals as a patriot, former naval officer, right? Mm -hmm. And when Kevin Kleinsmith over at the uh, FBI requested whether or not Carter Page, who they just got a FISA on, was working and you know, informing of his contacts in Russia, the CIA, which at the time Carter Page couldn't really talk about, did his NDA. Yep. Right? He was being professional about it, right? Mm -hmm. That whoever they contacted the CIA said, yeah, he's reporting back. Kevin Kleinsmith went ahead and you know what? That doesn't really fit. Uh, that's going to kind of screw our little FISA process here. We're getting a lot of information that we need about the entire ecosystem of the Trump campaign. Mm -hmm. uh, let me just change that to a no, he's not. Right. Let me just reverse it. Was not. It just added one word and it changed the context of the whole thing. And so now, if you're a judge, you can say, yeah, I was bamboozled. Mm -hmm. If you didn't know that. But did you know that? I, I've always assumed that they definitely knew that. Yeah. It's hard. I'll give. I mean, I'll give the I'll give the judges the benefit of the doubt that they didn't know and they were bamboozled. But you always have to ask the question: How much does does society believe that? Right. That's the end of part one with my interview with Ivan Raiklin. Please continue on and download part two and take a listen. We'll see you in the next one. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a break through in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. 
Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.